Almost ready. Kurt, you ready with YouTube? Sure. We're good to go. All right, great. I feel like ordinarily we wait a few minutes, but we have quite a few people here, both uh, in person and virtually. I think this is the first time we've ever done a hybrid meeting, at least it's the first time I have. So bear with us as we do this. Um, thank you all for being here. It is 7.30 on May 11th, and this is Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission. I am the uh, chair, Daniel B. Smith, and I'm going to uh, call this meeting to order. Uh, Porter, do we, should we do a roll call first, or do you want to do housekeeping first? Let me just do my brief housekeeping real quick. Um, this meeting is being, re <clears throat> of course, my voice fails me. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Um, everybody on Zoom, just please remember to mute yourself during the meeting unless you're speaking. Uh, the chat function for the meeting is disabled, so we aren't um, using chat tonight. All chats will go directly to me. Um, hang on, sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I've got that setting properly. Okay. And um, the city does reserve the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Daniel. Great, thank you, Porter. Um, so I will begin as I always do uh, with the roll call. Um, so when I call your name, simply state that you are here. Uh, Marlo Angel. Here. Denise? Here. Mary Dubton? Here. Uh, James? Uh, Jordan? Jordan, um, is she was out sick, so she just contacted me recently. Uh, uh, Dina? Here. Uh, Marciana? I, I see you there. There we go. I'm here. Okay, Thank you. Uh, Rebecca? I think Rebecca may pop in later. Okay. Thanks, Porter. Uh, Jill? Hello. And Tim? Here. All right, great. Thank you all. Uh, and, and welcome to our, our new members. Uh, do we have a, a moment on the agenda for, for introducing new members or, or welcoming new members, Porter? I failed to put that on the agenda, but I think it's still worthy. And um, I don't think anybody would get upset if we allowed our new members to introduce themselves briefly. Sure. If, if you are new and like, would like to introduce yourself, you may do so at this time. Am I the one new? I can start. Um, my name is Jill Stevie. Uh, I am a realtor with uh, Keller Williams Integrity. I am a Lawrence Townie, and um, I'm just in love with the arts and culture of Lawrence. So I am so excited to be here and to be a part of something so great. So thank you for having me. Thanks, Jill. Hi, I'm Tim Metz. Um, I am a consultant with SSNC uh, CPAs here in town. I've lived in Lawrence since um, 1983, and uh, I'm a musician. And so this is a board that I've been really excited to be. I, I've been really looking forward to this. So thanks for having me, too. Great. Thank you both. Um, and I wanted to ex extend a, uh, a thank you to Porter for all the orientations that happened over the past week or so. Um, that was a lot of work. Um, up next, also, Porter, it looks like I got an email from Rebecca requesting the link. So if you could 
send that. Oh, okay. to Just or... send me an email. There it is. All of us. Okay, I will send her a link immediately. All right, great. Thank you. Um, moving on with the agenda, however, next we have two sets of minutes to approve. So um, hopefully you've all had a chance to, to look over the March 9th and April 20th uh, meeting minutes. Uh, and we will we'll have some time here. If you have any, any discussion, feel free to speak up. If not, I will uh, request a motion to approve the March 9th minutes. And Daniel, I have a minor correction. Um, there must have there must be a typo on the March um, 9th minutes. I was not in attendance at that meeting. And can you state state your name? I'm sorry, Dina Amont. Okay, great. Thank you, Dina. And I will catch that and fix that. Are there any other? Uh... Any other comments or, or, or motions to approve those minutes? This is Dina Amont again. Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. All right, great. Can I get a second? This is Denise. I second. All right. Uh, do, should we do a roll call? Yeah, I would just do a roll. All right, Marlo. Approved. Denise. Mary. Approve. Uh, James and yeah. Jordan, they're both absent. Uh, Dina? Approve. Marciana? Uh, I don't I don't believe Rebecca has joined us yet. Rebecca? Oh, hang on just a second, letting folks in. Should we should we uh, include Rebecca in this roll call vote, or should we? I think you can um, go ahead and go with um, um, Jill and Tim, and then we can explain to Rebecca, and she can choose to vote or not. Okay, great. Then up next is Jill. All right, and Tim. Approve. All right, fantastic. Thank you. And Rebecca, welcome to the meeting. Sorry. Uh, if you have some trouble with the, the link there, we just went ahead and, and approved the, the minutes for the March 9th meeting. Um, we started approving, doing the approval roll call before you joined, but uh, I would like to give you this opportunity to speak up if you have any comments about those minutes or, or voice your approval. I approve. This is Rebecca Schlichting. Thanks. All right, great. Thank you. Um, and since we didn't have a, those, those meeting minutes would have been approved last time, but we didn't have a quorum. So, Porter, do we actually need to approve the minutes from the last meeting, considering we didn't have a quorum? I was not prepared to answer that question. <laughs> um, well, I guess it wouldn't hurt to approve them, right? Yeah, I don't, I think it just, it just acknowledges there wasn't a quorum, but you all approved that, you know, the minutes as written are satisfactory to acknowledge that. Sure. So yeah, at the April 20th meeting, we didn't have a quorum. Um, I will make a brief uh, plug here that we had a presentation at that meeting um, about a really interesting project that uh, a couple of folks are doing uh, involving some, some uh, retail locations. Uh, and if you were not present at the meeting, 
uh, I, I would encourage you to go back and watch the video and, and learn about that because it was a really interesting presentation. Um, but I will go ahead and ask for approval on those minutes. So if anybody has any comments or would like to motion for approval, that would be great. This is Dina Amont. Um, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes from April 20th. Thank you, Dina. Can I get a second? This is Marlo. I'll second. I did have a question. Derek Rogers was on that meeting that we didn't have the quorum for, and there was discussion that he might join us tonight, but I don't see him. Is he's there right plan? there. Oh, he's here. Okay. <laughs> that was my question. Well, I approve. Motion to approve. All right, that was the second. So uh, we will go ahead and do a roll call. Um, starting with, I guess, uh, starting with Marlo. Approve. And Denise. Approve. And then Mary. Approve. And then we'll go to Dina. Approve. And Marciana. Approve. Rebecca. Approve. Jill. Approve. And finally, Tim. Approve. And I, and I will approve as well. Um, great. Um, with the meeting minutes approved, we shall now move on to public comment. And it seems like we actually have at least some some comments that were sent in. So Porter, do you want to introduce those comments or introduce anybody who, who might be there in person? Um, if you wouldn't mind reading the public comment information as the chair, because there's two forms of public comment. We don't do this often. There's general public comment. If anybody has comments or wants to make remarks about something that isn't on the agenda, and then each, for each agenda item, we would allow up to three minutes of public comment from for any individuals. Sure. So, do you want me to read all the the three comments or the two that came in before? No, that? just the just a the um, general public comment, so people understand the rules of the the road here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so for anybody willing, interested in making a public comment, uh, public comment ag agenda items will be received um, during the meeting and each person will be limited to three minutes for public comment on any one topic. So if anybody has a public comment, uh, now is the time. Anybody have general public comment, not on anything on the, not anything on the agenda? Okay, I don't think anybody has that. And I believe all the public comments that were submitted in writing are referenced um, to the public art for the transit facility. And so we can um, look at those when we get after that presentation and include that as part of the public comment. And those were distributed prior um, to the commissioners, just so everybody knows that. All right, great. Well, then I guess we, we can move on to new business. Um, so on my agenda, I have uh, first on, on new business is discussion of the strategic plan and unmistakable identity with Derek Rogers, Roger and Steinbrock, and I guess also also you, Porter. So um, take it away. Hi, good evening. I'm Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Rec. Do I need to push anything or do I transmit there? Nope. You okay. Just speak into the mic, please. Um, so... We had questions and uh, some of I'd like to answer anything that I can help you guys out with and gals. Um, so as we we're going to our outcomes based on strategic plan and we've talked about the strategic plan and outcome areas before with with multiple organizations. One of the things that we're doing 
with Parks and Rec and our outcome area isn't blending in the outcome with the budget is the arts and culture piece, the TGT, our partners in the nonprofits uh, with the city, um, downtown Lawrence Inc., Watkins Sister Cities, Lawrence Arts Center. So we're shifting how we do work. It doesn't mean that the work doesn't get done. It's just uh, trying to be more effective and efficient. We are going out and we're close to getting a request for proposals to go out for consultants. Um, I'm hoping we'll get it out this week, but it's for a Parks and Rec Arts and Culture comprehensive plan, which would replace the master plan. And I'll talk a little bit about that on, um, we have a big ask in there and there are communities that have done this. Um, Wichita has partly transitioned. Hollywood, California is one that I really liked if you look at their comprehensive plan. Um, Jeff Stewart is the director over at uh, Johnson County. Um, I haven't got feedback from them, but we have in the RFP had a lot of different looks on what we're looking for. Um, but a lot of what we're doing is going to be engaged in the community and they're going to redo, review our docs from the strategic plan, our parks and rec master plan, the complete street policy, downtown Lawrence plan, cultural art plan, KU master plan, capital improvement plan, um, budget parks, rec, arts and culture department of the capital improvement plan, mobility bikeway plan, pedestrian plan, the 2040 comprehensive plan. Um, and it, this process will take probably 18 months. Um, it's a, intensive with a lot of public engagement and analysis, and we'll see what the public would like to see more of. Um, we're getting close to the budget season. Uh, June's going to be a very busy month for the city, and um, but it's also an exciting time. And I also look at how how are we doing things and how can we be more efficient? In our department, we have transformed internally with existing resources to try to, try to better um, provide the community with events and communication um, opportunities. So before we had a marketing director that had been doing everything and the right-of-way management and the parades and the festivals and that's kind of been a mixed bag and has been tossed around and not well resourced. So internally, we took some positions and said, okay, this is a priority in the strategic plan and we're going to allocate resources internally. So there's some things that we said we're going to do less of over here to do more of this. Um, Roger Steinbrock is the communication and events manager. Um, there's two job jobs on the street that closed, I believe, April 29th, and they'll start interviews before too long. So that's really going to help us out to get those two additional people that are focused on that area of the community. I'm sorry, focused on which area? Um, the communications, which is engagement, but it's also the events, both internal and external. Um, and I have a focus on the downtown. And so if you look at what we're doing in the strategic plan on unmistakable identity or outcome. It's how do we increase and move the metrics of the, um, my culture is celebrated here. Um, I feel welcome in the, in the community. Derek, you know what? I'm going to ask you to pause for a second. Not you're doing great, but I just, I know you wouldn't know this. We have several new members. 
Okay. I'm thinking if I can do a little bit of background that sure. kind of help set the stage for folks to get get understanding what's going on. I appreciate that. I forget yeah. for, we've got some new members too. Yeah, and another just, board. It occurred to me that some people don't know. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen and talk this through very quickly, but just so people have make sure everybody's on the same page and understanding what it is we're talking about here. Uh, bear with me a second. I gotta know my screen's played out. And Tyler, for the time being, you're welcome to uh, listen in and all, but you don't have to keep your video on if you have other things to do. Um, it might be a little bit before we get to your uh, topic, but you're welcome to, to listen in. All right, so I have gone to the city's strategic plan page, which is lawrenceks.org forward slash strategic plan. Here is the page that everybody can access. This is actually linked on the agenda. Um, in the strategic plan, the basic framework is we have five outcome areas, which is listed here. One of those is unmistakable identity, which is what Derek is referencing. Um, Lawrence is a welcoming community and not synonymous with arts, diverse culture, fun, and a quintessential downtown. City parks and community events contribute to the vibrancy experienced by all people in Lawrence. So that's the mission, so to speak, of that outcome area. We also have strong, welcoming neighborhoods, safe and secure, prosperity and economic security, and connected city. And all of these are linked. So if you ever wanted to do any research here, you can go in and look at these. Just quickly, we are also working through six commitment areas. Um, community engagement, efficient and effective processes, equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, engaged and empowered teams, that's more internal and uh, environmental sustainability. So these commitments all play into the outcomes and how we do this work, um, just as a quick background. So if I click on unmistakable identity, it takes you to this outcome area, repeats that. And this is what Derek is referencing. So we are working through progress indicators. Um, these are things that we've established through a comprehensive effort in the community where we talked to over 3,000 people and they gave us feedback on what are our priorities. And part of the intention of this is to sort of stay on track because it's real easy to move towards shiny objects. But the idea here is to focus efforts, focus budget, and really do what we're doing with the, with the greatest of intentions. Um, so these are all the KPI, they're known as KPIs or progress indicators. And you can see several of them um, listed here. <laughs> Um, and Derek has actually been working with Watkins, the Arts Center, um, Theater Lawrence, uh, and other arts and, arts and culture groups in town as part of this team. So we aren't just internal, this is external team members as well. Um, so that's what's happening here. And then these are the things, the, the, the term you'll hear often is, how is that going to move my needles? So in other words, if we're doing something that isn't related to this, is that what we want to do? Because um, we have limited budget, we have limited resources, we have limited staff capacity. So that's what's happening here um, and the different areas that um, Derek is referencing. So how many KPIs do you have? 15. 15. So they're all here and some are in progress, as you can see. Um, and we're measuring these through a community um, survey that's actually going out soon. Um, we did the last one in 2019. Um, and then through other um, tracking methods um, throughout um, this system. And I, I mean, you may be able to flesh that out a little bit more. Right. Ed, the ETC survey, if you go down just a little bit, Porter, I think there's three questions almost in a row that uh, we 
introduce three new ETC questions to get a benchmark for that data. Yeah, actually all of these are in the uh, survey, the community survey. And so it, it's how and how do you prioritize your dollars? And so the, the thought is we're focused on the outcome and this is what we do and it's supported by the six commitments. You see the outcomes, you see the sausage, but you don't see all the work that goes behind it. And so we can't do everything we do without the support of the commitments, the sound fiscal judgment, or, um, sound fiscal stewardship, engage empowered team of employees. Um, and I know sometimes some of the commitment teams feel like, well, how am I contributing? But for example, if the clerk doesn't approve an alcohol permit, then there's not a not a parade going downtown or um, a street party or, or whatever it is. So everybody's got a piece of this. Um, and then it goes back to, are we putting the city dollars in the right place to do a, what the community wants? The strategic plan was developed by, I think 3000 citizens and took well over a year with multiple focus groups. And this is what the community said they would like to see as outcome. So there's things that internally we look at, are we doing too much of? Um, are we where we're supposed to be? So one of the first metrics is, is a great one to look at. Um, and it's, are you satisfied with our parks and rec system? It's 84%. I, you can read the question. I, I can't see it from here too well. Oh, here. There you go. Percent of residents who are satisfied or very satisfied with parks and recreation system. 84% replied on the... Uh, the last survey that they're satisfied or very satisfied. The national average is 59%. Uh, Kansas City average was 73%. And we came in at 84. So are we putting, just throwing this out there, and uh, are we putting too much effort in that? Or we got the right effort? Is that where we're supposed to be? And so is there other things we should be focusing on to move the needle up if, if that is something we're looking at? The uh, other one is um, visitors to, um, to our facilities, number of people who have visited or utilized the city, Park Trail, Rec, uh, Watkins, uh, Art Center, um, the yeah. library. Watkins, Explore Lawrence Tourism Center, and the public library. So all those different um, cultural um, facilities. So one of our metrics, we said, hey, that's great. We need to increase that. And that's part of what we want to do as a community. So how do we do that? And um, it's not really easy to, some of these agencies are really good at tracking their visitors and, and Parks and Rec, maybe not so much. Um, Watkins is very good. Theater Lawrence is good. Art Center is good. Um, but how do you tie all that together to be more effective? Um, if you wanted to say, yeah, if you look at the final four in the games, we just shack that met metric on tourism in downtown Lawrence. If you look at the pictures, if we're looking at 70,000 people per event and um, I think the next day commission meeting, I don't know what the sales tax dollars will show up in this. I think that'd be on there or maybe it'd be the, the following month. But I'd be very interested to see what the final four has an impact on the community economically. So, for parks and recreation, you know, we're a liaison and I, I know that some of you have concerns about transition. Uh, obviously we can't do what we do without you and without your input. Um, somebody said something about taking over. We're not taking over, we're a liaison and we're trying to engage the community to do what we do and do it more effectively, hopefully, and better. And Porter and I have had some conversations and um, 
you know, one of the things that I went down the Northwest Arkansas and, and toured down there in Bentonville, Rogers and Fayetteville. And one of the things I'd mentioned the Porter was, you know, I, I saw the arts on the trail and I thought that was pretty cool and we don't have it here. And so, you know, my learning process is, okay, we have a budget and this is how we do downtown art and sculptures and, you know, just a question I don't have answers because I'm too new to this. How do we increase the budget? How do we do more things would be something I think um, from the from our department would be something I'd like to see. Um, and then it becomes back into how do we make that sausage to get there? Are we too late in this year's budget or not? Um, so it's how do we focus the priorities to get some of those things that we would like to do that are going to move those needles, whether it's visitors to Lawrence or part of our unmistakable identity in some way. So um, we do have a lot of boards. And so the good news is there's things that Porter needs to be doing in his office and he's been juggling a lot of balls in the air. So as our staff expands, I'm hoping that we can do more and do it hopefully as good or better because now we should have capacity to do a little more with this. Um, Roger's not shaking his head, but he is kind of giving me the deer in the headlights lick because I'm going to be relying on, on him to help us out there and some of the staff. But yeah, I'm hoping that by divvying some of this up, we can be more efficient and uh, do what we do even better. I think it's important to mention too that the strategic plan is a work in progress. It's not something that's going to be done overnight. And we even, you know, staff, Craig talks about this. I think he mentioned that when he was presenting here. This is something that's an evolutionary process. It's going to take a few years really to get where we want to be. Some of those progress indicators will change as we realize that doesn't really fit what we're trying to measure and that type of thing. So we're in a learning curve. Um, you know, Mary can speak to some of this. She's been in some of these meetings. I think Richard's been tuned into some of this stuff. <laughs> I know it's, it's somewhat uncomfortable um, because it is is different and new. Um, I, I'm going to be very honest as somebody who is hired for one purpose and ends up doing a lot of other stuff, but still has that other hat in mind. You know, I, I would say that Lawrence is an amazingly um, creative town and town dedicated to arts, obviously free, free state theater, Lawrence, every, you know, Busker Fest, several agencies represented right here tonight. Um, and I think there's room for improvement and I think there's room for, for growth. How can we do this better? How can we do this with more intention? And so by moving it into this area and unmistakable identity, it's actually serving this bigger purpose. How do we make those connections? I, I don't know if you were here long enough. I think Mary has been. We talked about how can we work more closely with the Parks and Rec board. You know, this creates that type of opportunity of more symbiosis. Um, the other thing we've actually talked about is, and I think I've mentioned it in this meeting, is um, the opportunity perhaps for, you know, the art center to say, hey, we want to do public art. So how do we have that conversation and say, you know, if we're doing a public art project, maybe this is something that the art center should take over um, or Van Gogh or, you know, I don't know. And this is all just pie in the sky, but that's, those are the conversations I think can be really beneficial. The outdoor downtown sculpture program is great. Um, amazing legacy, but honestly, is it really serving young artists today? I'd say no, it's really not because sculpture isn't the only way people are actually sculpture is really kind of rare in public art these days. Artists are doing all sorts of things like hanging beautiful images on the side of parking garages, which we'll be talking about in a little while. Um, so anyway, I see a lot of excitement in this and innovation. And yeah, we're going to be in this transitional period. Roger's hiring two more people. 
Um, and eventually um, I'm working with Derek and his team to say, okay, how do we transition this stuff over to those people and, um, you know, get, get into this and, and do it, do it better. And then my job is to focus on communications and community engagement is basically what happens. Sorry. I got a question. Sure. <laughs> I've been in this business a long time. <laughs> so I've been part of the original cultural arts plan that never got off the shelf. I was part of the team that hired Porter's predecessor and Porter. And I've really enjoyed working with with you and, and Roger on on some of this stuff. I guess my concern is that within Parks and Rec, you have specialists that know all about golf courses and parades and trees and soccer fields and water parks and all of those kinds of things. So as you absorb arts and culture, who is going to provide the expertise on the arts and culture? I would say the board. I've got a real high on the experience of the community and the board, and the board represents the community. Right, but are you going to add to your staff at all? Are you? We are adding to our staff. Right, but are you adding anybody with expertise in the area of arts and culture? That, Roger's got maybe some experience there, but we haven't added that, although he may hire somebody that has that background. I was, I was going to, Roger Steinbrock, um, communications and events manager. I'm not used to saying that, uh, that's new for me. Um, Mary, um, my background, I come from Salina um, and we have the rich cultural river festival that I think is a jewel for, for that community. Um, I was highly involved in uh, public art and design. We were working on trying to get public art in our public art into design work that the city was doing and they've done some of that since I left now 20 years ago um, and I, I was I was big into the arts um, I was on the steeple uh, when, when we were looking at what's the city going to do with that building I'm so glad they didn't listen to me uh, because I was going to say, rip out the seats and do like the Wareham in not in, uh, in Manhattan and rent it out. But it is a great music venue, a very live music. It's a, uh, I, I, I go to many shows there all the time. Um, I, I am very invested in the arts. Um, and, and my background, I'm a journalist. I'm not a, re I'm not a parks and recreation person. I'm a journalist that, that was trained and, and I have a love of the arts. I've tried to, uh, within, within my education and my, my public service, I continue to try to, you know, reach out to different things. I don't have children, but I was on the task force in Salina to, to guide the future of education. Um, you know, because that's, it takes the community and we all have to learn from each other. Um, I, I think what, what Derek said is leaning on the board will be very important in these early stages. As he said, we're hiring two, two new people. And I will say those backgrounds of the people that are in the mix has, has some arts in there too. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can develop over the years uh with this i am excited 
uh, because I'm, I've been doing marketing for 19 years, uh, 20 come August 26 with the department. And I've been able to get more involved with the, the, the events and, and working with people um, and trying to make city become less city, if that makes sense. Um, I think that our processes need work. We need to communicate better. Um, and, and as an AP2 trained person for community engagement, just like Porter and the rest of our team, we're going to do a lot of outreach. And I think, I think with the, the comprehensive plan that's coming up next for us, that's a wonderful opportunity to integrate public art and the things that we want to do in with our parks and recreation planning. I think it to me this is kind of it, it, it's a good time that we're I'm glad that we're going out for that that uh, comprehensive plan right now because we have the strategic plan pretty much in place but again like Porter said it's going to be shifting and changing a little bit but we're creating a roadmap for us for the future of parks and recreation parks and culture um, for the community and that's where to me the public engagement comes into play first and foremost, is getting the, the feedback from the community um, to help guide and develop that plan. Um, and, and I know that Porter and we have a lot of people that are really looking at forward to the engagement that we're going to be doing, uh, we have been doing and will be doing in the future. Uh, we have a lot of projects that are going to be coming up that we're going to need public input on. And we're going to be looking at different ways to reach the public. Um, and to me, it, you know, art is, it, it's always in the eye of the beholder, but I think there is something to just community art. Um, and, and to me, there, we, we all have to, uh, you know, try to embrace the arts. Because to me, I, I look at music, music feeds my soul, you know, and I love live music. I, I am probably one of the biggest concert goers you all ever know. Um, and I go to some, I'm actually trying to start a podcast with some people I've found on Spotify. I've been communicating with people from Australia and uh, England and in my free time, which isn't very often. It's usually at midnight and I'm on my phone. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't want to take a lot of time. But I, I, I want to say that, you know, I'm somebody that's vested in growing and developing and understanding. Uh, I'm a journalist at trade. That's what we do. Uh, we want to investigate and understand, you know, what the what's there, and and try to learn and grow along with the community. And and you know, Lawrence is is uh, to me it's it's a gem for for parks and recreation. They really care about health and wellness. That's a big component to everything. And and I think that art and culture is another aspect of recreation. We recreate in many different ways. We read, we go to the library. That's a recreation activity. We love looking at art. That's the recreation activity. You know, it's shifting some focus. And to me, it's it's going to help support everything together a lot more by putting them all in the, the strategic plan is really the guiding principle behind all this. Because I think once we get through that first budget cycle and see how it all gets put together, we may shift a little bit. But I think after this first year, you know, and I always say we're going to have growing pains and we don't want to add stress to people's lives. That's the one thing I, I try to do is reduce stress. 
uh, because we have so much stress already. We don't need it. And to me, culture and arts help reduce stress in my life anyway. Um, so I, I, I hope you, you know that you're, you're, when we're transitioning to this, uh, we're going to be listening more than anything along the way. Because if we're not listening, we're not doing our job at all. I so appreciate. I guess I'll pitch it back. I appreciate absolutely everything you said, Roger, and I applaud you as a, as a model, art supporter and music supporter and all the rest of it. But as a theater professional, I would still like to see an arts professional as part of your department. And I would too. <laughs> but it takes dollars, it takes resources. And to me, Mary, that's something that we can maybe do for the future. And, and I know that Derek, I mean, we're going to try to do whatever we can to make this be be successful for everyone. Um, I, and I'll pitch it back to Derek. I mean, that, that's it's where the rubber meets the road. And again, we, we're trying to do some things. And I think we, with these hires that we have, uh, to me, it's kind of a wait and see. We're still in the process um, and we're evaluating right now. So it, the, it's closed. We're looking at them. We're going to be bringing them in. I, I'm hoping as part of, of the interviews to bring them in to talk with some people in the community too when we start getting closer to the finalization of who we're selecting. But um, Derek, I'll pitch it back to you. I, I, you hit the key term, it's listening, but it's also budgeting. I'm up here at 30,000 feet, so I don't focus on what puts solely sports and recreation. I, I think you've probably seen that in some of our collaborations that I tried to be broad spectrum. And I, and I think that's where the TGT, it's not just about this avenue and it's about the community. And I'm more about the community and Roger will tell you that uh, also that how are we meeting a diverse and equitable and inclusionary community and it's built on trust and transparency and that needs to be a culture. And so I'm trying to set that from the top down through the organization. A lot of it's been there for a long time, but this transition building this division with Roger is taking taking the city in a, in a whole new direction. And so it's an exciting time, but like Roger said, the learning curve is going to be pretty steep for us. And it's going to have to be a lot of listening and engagement. I think too, that this is where this board becomes really important. Um, you know, you know, we do the downtown outdoor sculpture exhibition, you know, the, we're doing programs that have been done literally for years. Um, there's a, a, a layers of policy um, with arts and culture. It's some good, some not so good. Some need to be revised and changed according to this. I think the strategic plan gives an earnest pivot point and it's an opportunity to have these discussions. And I agree with you, get those people on board that need to be there and or adapt the programming and the budgeting so it does what it needs to do, you know, and, and how does that work best? So I think it's, it is an op it's a real opportunity. So they're just hiring a director of arts and culture because of one project that frankly didn't really, you know, it didn't succeed truthfully. Um, this gives it a lot more opportunity. And I think, you know, Roger's point is well taken. His job is to do the community engagement with his team and build upon that. So I hope that makes sense. Um, and again, I get it. We're going into unknown territory in a lot of ways, but I do think it's an opportunity to to grow in, you know, grow up. And who do we want to be when we grow up as far as arts and culture goes? I've often said, 
I hear this all the time. Oh, Lawrence is such a great arts and culture town. It's like, well, what does that really mean? You know, what does that truly mean? And what are what are your frustrations as you know, Theater Lawrence? Was it the Art Center's frustrations? Don't what? get started. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And let's put those frustrations on the table and say, hey, let's talk about these and figure out how can we start making you know real change to benefit and do the Free State Festival the way you want to do it. Um, and to work on, you know, the unmistakable identity aspect of that. So it's, it's all of those things, including the events and including the boring stuff, like who puts the barricades out when Buskerfest is out there, you know, and that's, that's what Parks and Rec is dealing with right now. Who does hey, the permitting? And Porter, the one thing is, I don't, I think you're not going away anywhere. So <laughs> we're going to have your expertise that we can lean on to collaborate and talk with as well, correct? Absolutely. There you go. My concern is always moving things forward. And so I appreciate the opportunity to grow and to look at things differently than we have in the past. But I love to see money getting out the door and things moving along quickly. So I think that's always my frustration with, especially when we're rebounding from the pandemic, we haven't done our community arts grants. There's just been a lot of holdup as we're coming back from TGT funding. And what I would hate to see is if we're just worried about a cultural plan or a master plan, all these plans, and we're not hitting the rubber, getting this money out the door, and let's get art now. So that's where I'm coming from. So I love looking long-term, let's look three years down the road. But in the meantime, let's keep, let's get these programs out the door and working. My fear is if Porter's not there with his expertise, I mean, he brings so much to the table as a public art administrator, mm -hmm. you need that. Like, I mean, passion for the arts is wonderful, but you need somebody who's got the expertise, knows what a mural does to a building and, you know, all these wonderful things that we've taken advantage of over the years. And for the, uh, I need to see how far along we are in the budget process, but one of the things that the uh, partner groups all know when we're discussing budget is the question we have for them, how are you meeting the strategic plan and the unmistakable identity outcome? And that's part of your funding and show us how you're going to answer these KPIs. So could that mean more money? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how far we're into the budget. Um, but that is something we're going to sit down with every group that receives funds and, and go through. Well, let's get some funds first. <laughs> well, some there's of, funds out there. It's just giving it? lots of information with <laughs> no money. Yes. And we appreciate everything you do and the opportunity to collaborate. But I, I agree there. In talking with Porter, and again, my learning curve is going like this, but I'm asking the questions budgetarily, which gets the money out the door. And so what'd you say you have, you put out $1,700 for how many grants for the street art downtown? 10 the or 20? Tax. Yes. Oh, no. Of the one? sculpture project. The outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition has a $20,000 budget. So roughly you put out 11 to 12 sculptures. Usually 8 budget. to 10. Eight to ten. So one of my questions, of course, is how can you do more with that? Well, we need more funds. And it sounds like that's something the board's been asked for. How do we get more funds? Do we go to the general fund? Do we stay TGT? Those are the kind of questions that Porter probably hasn't had a lot of capacity to, to say, I'm going to go dive in the budget. And capacity is a tough one in a lot of our departments. See, that's that's I guess, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of turn here. However, the frustration with some of us working in arts and culture and looking at, at the decimation of our audiences through the pandemic. And here we're talking about $20,000 for arts and culture for, for a sculpture exhibit 
and you're saying, how can we stretch that further and how can we do more with it? And yet the headline in the newspaper last week was $400,000 for a new water park. Well, if I, I know you can't balance those, but I guess my concern going into um, a, a brave new world with Parks and Rec is that who's, who's gonna say, you know, <laughs> 20,000 doesn't, isn't isn't even a drop in the bucket. I just said that. I thought, Mary, what I was trying to say was we need to expand that budget. When you okay. go over $100,000, you're going into the capital improvement project. So the splash pads was approved and was a priority of our master plan. So that's where you put the projects in your master plan and you go for the capital improvement if they're over $100,000. And that was something that was in the five-year strategic plan for five splash pads. We got the first one, we're working on the second one. There should be a third one. That commission can change their mind. And that's one of the thing we, things we asked, we're gonna ask in this is for the consultant to review our capital improvement project list. And are we doing the right things that they're wanting to do? Are we doing too much sports? Are we doing too much of the water? Are we, what should we not be doing? And is it tying up? So the splash pads, anything over a hundred is a city commission item, capital improvement. The art by the police station, I'm not, it was, I know it was, a, uh, obviously it had to be approved by the commission because it was over $100,000. Well, and it's a CIP budget. The public art program is tied to CIP. So contrary to what some people think, that money can't be spent for other things outside of bricks and mortar. Um, and that's something that Amber Sellers brought up with the presentation I did a couple of months ago about the public art program. There are current limitations, but again, if, Amber, I think, was referencing the idea of doing more like um, uh, local art, you know, opportunities. With the CIP, it's trickier because it's these are big contracted projects. But how can you then say, okay, we really want to do these projects? How do we adjust our budget so we can do that and have that conversation in earnest? So, it's I think it does open the door to have broader conversations and not just preaching to the choir, so to speak. So the question is, if you, if you say one up. 25% of that budget to do more, and could you expand the range? You know, the Burroughs Creek Trail is one of our most used trails where you see so many people out there. You've got a headquarters that uh, helps maintain that trail, and I, you know, they'll chalk it and they'll put out messages about mental health. Is that an area that, you know, maybe there would be something to do? Is there something then another area that would uh, be cool? But, I think at the smaller level, you could do more projects and maybe that's where you want to go. But if the, if the board would like to see more of the capital, then we can focus on that. And how do we move this forward? Like how do we, what's the timeline or how do we get engaged and start getting things moving? I would say task force and this when it comes out, but I'd say we can do so many task force and say, okay, what is the vision? And I don't know, do you have a strategic plan for the for the arts commission? Well, there's a cultural plan. There's a cultural plan, but there's a, is there a strategic plan? No. So that's one of the things we're looking at from parks and recreation, it would probably be next year, is you take the city strategic plan and then you try to narrow the focus and say, okay, within this umbrella, this is what we wanna do with a defined strategic plan. Now, how do we get from A to B, which is what the city's doing? 
So the Art Commission will definitely be involved in this. And then to Derek's point, as they do this um, strategic plan for parks and recreation, those are, there'll be other opportunities for community engagement and certainly stakeholder input and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. The other question is, when was the last time your group has done a retreat? Our, ours hadn't been over at the Parks and Rec Advisory Board in a while. And did you focus? So it's it was hard with co you know we're still coming out of covid and it was it's a, a retreat that we do annually i'd like to see a, a deeper dive retreat and maybe you could really get some stuff in that opera you know that process as well get the stuff on the table you know i've talked to you for years now and it's like i know there's frustrations let's talk about the frustrations how can they you know how can they be worked out in a better way so i think it's a real opportunity you can watch our last advisory board meeting that was Monday night. Um, sometimes it's painful, but it also drives task groups, which we do get the ball moving and, and go in and address problems. And sometimes that's the best way to do it. In the interest of time, I think we this will certainly be a continued conversation and, and we'll keep you, um, you know, apprised of what's going on and where those opportunities are. Appreciate you coming, Derek. And thank you, Roger. Yeah, and I would just say that if anybody wants to have a conversation, just uh, email me or Derek and we can sit down and have a discussion and talk. I mean, our doors are open and uh, we're willing to, to talk and try to you know, because to me, this is all about community and, and we're, we're all in this together. And I think that's what the pandemic has really uh, focused or actually brought us more together, I think, uh, although it's somewhat virtual sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I think the technology is also good because we're able to have meetings real quick uh, via Zoom and we can get back to what we're doing without having to transport ourselves to some place and, and meet in the table. It's always good to have that face-to-face -face conversation. I know that, but uh, sometimes it's quick and easier just to do it online real quick. Yeah, and Porter can share my, my information with you or um, I can send it out to you to send to the board then as well, Porter. I know where to find you. <laughs> all right, thanks. Great. Thank you all. Um, thank you especially to the, the commission members who participated in that discussion. Um, I, I think it's a pretty important discussion and I'm glad that we were able to make time for it and I'm glad to hear that we will continue to talk about it. Um, and if for any of the newer members who maybe aren't totally sure what all the conversation is about, um, like I, I am there with you. It's a, it's a sort of big picture, long-term conversation. Um, but uh, unless anybody else has any other uh, further points they'd like to make, um, we can move on to our second piece of uh, new business, which is a little bit more short-term, um, which is a really neat temporary art installation, uh, which I believe we are reviewing and not approving. Is that correct, Porter? I can't. Uh, I do think this, so this is a temporary installation and Ben Alvers is here from the arts and I'm gonna invite Ben to come on up and uh, he can give us some background, but basically um, uh, Ben submitted this and it's not a permanent structure, so it doesn't need a formal approval, but it is uh, proposed to go on a city building. And so I think with that said, it should have formal approval, if that makes sense. <laughs> and sure. let me share my screen so everybody can see what it is we're talking about. So the location is on, this is the garage next to the library. 
and you can see the big red um, square and the, the yellow X there. And then the image that is proposed is this image. And I'll let Ben step in and talk a little bit more about the, the um, evolution of this project. Sure. Well, thank you for the time. Uh, it's good to be back in this room, kind of. Uh, <clears throat> uh, now, this is a part of a, an exhibition that will be at the Lawrence Art Center uh, beginning May 27th through July 30th. One of the artists, Kara Romero, uh, who's the photographer for this particular piece, um, is in, has some pieces that will be in the gallery, but um, working with the curators, Maria Velasco, who's a professor at KU, and Rachel at Bueller, who's a colleague of hers, um, they've curated this exhibition. And the exhibition is about um, basically uh, parents as artists, artists as parents, and that intersection. Anyway, um, originally this was slated to go out on the hydro plant down on the river. And we'd been meeting with them. The, the uh, owners of that operation were enthusiastic. As we got into the nitty gritty of how that could actually happen, it became very complicated. And uh, OSHA was not super psyched about us doing this down there and it became very costly. So that's the timing of that. That feeds into the timing of why I'm here two weeks before we'd like to, to put this thing up. So um, the plan B was the, uh, basically a, a spot in town where you can get some distance and have something on a scale that was sort of monumental for lack of a better word. Um, and that that's it. So uh, that's the, the gist of it. Uh, Lawrence Signup is the company that would manufacture this and also facilitate the installation of it and also work with the city on whatever process is recommended by them. I don't have a lot of experience hanging things on public buildings, but um, we'll follow whatever guidelines are recommended. Um, and, and actually, I asked Ben to submit some of those um, more detailed information, and he did do that. And I'm passing that on to both Parks and Recreation who help with this, and also um, Brad Harrell, our parking director. So, yeah. I think it's very exciting. And I was reminiscing with Ben, um, Alicia Kelly, who is our director of the Art and Culture Crossings program, was one of the first artists to break the um, sculpture um, mold. And she put cut out paper on the side of the garage there. So it's a great installation. So this is uh, you know another opportunity to show art in a new way, which I think is really exciting. And it's only up for, I believe, about a month. It's pretty much the summer. It's May, yeah. the, the exhibition runs May 27th through July 30th. Okay. We'd love it to fit in that window if it somewhere around there is, is, is acceptable, I guess, but that's the idea. So I think a vote from this body will help um, make sure that you know city staff is knows that this is supported by the art commission um, and that kind of gives them permission to proceed. Ben, could you clarify just a little bit more um, what the purpose of, of putting it in such a, a large public area is? Prominent more, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's, a, there's another element to the show that will be outdoors, it's less uh, noticeable uh, and we'll guide people there. I'm not going to tell you where it is or what it is, but it's out there. Um, it's uh, this coming from the artist uh, who's a Native American, Native American woman from New Mexico, um, working with the curators, wanted to have something in the public sphere that's unexpected, um, that speaks sort of boldly and directly. Um, 
And, you know, the, the, the images that she will have in the gallery that, at the Art Center are in the same vein. Um, but I, my, my take on it is I think it's, um, it's not an advertisement for coming to the gallery. There's no text. This is it. There's no, like, come to the Art Center to see something. Um, I think anytime this body or the Art Center or any other arts institution in town can do something um, to integrate into the city that's not predictable, uh, as good as the public sculpture is, it's predictable. We know what it is. Uh, I think is a good it's a good thing to be doing. So I don't know if that lends yeah, itself to it. Okay. I just, you know, all of a sudden this thing came up and I thought, why? Why? That's exactly what it should do. <laughs> well, Part of what it should do, I think, is why, but I, I think also should should pique curiosity and interest and it furthers that engagement. It's, it's, it's just another access point for people to get interested mm -hmm. in learning something. Thank you. You bet. Great. Well, if nobody else has any other comments, I'll, I'll chime in and just say that um, I didn't realize when I saw this on the agenda that this piece was a Cara Romero photo, and I'm a fan of her work. I love this picture. Um, I, I just went, went and read about this picture a little bit on our website, and I guess I, I would encourage anybody else to look into it as well. But um, I'm certainly in support of seeing this go up. Um, so I will uh, call for for a motion to to approve this installation. This is Rebecca Schlichting, and I motion to approve. Great, thank you, Rebecca. And can I get a second? I see Jill. Yep, I'll second. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, let's do a roll call. Um, up first, Marlo. I approve. Then Denise. I approve. And then Mary. I approve. And then Dina. I approve. And then Marciana. I approve with, um, I'm not sure I was advised um, by Porter to abstain from voting tonight because of my, another situation, so. Would you like to clarify, do you have a relationship with the artist or? No, uh, it's more with the city. So I wasn't sure if I just needed to abstain from one particular vote or, or all votes, but. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I think in this case, you're, there's no financial issue here. This is really just giving approval to put it on the building. So I think you're fine. Okay. And actually, I think your photographic expertise is a benefit here. Okay. Okay. Then I have totally approve. All right. Great. And then Rebecca. Yes, I approve. And then Jill. And then Tim. I enthusiastically approve. Very okay, good. Great. Thank you all. Well done. Yeah, and thanks and uh, yeah, for joining us. Let me know if you need help, but I'll pass this on. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. This is great. And you're working with the Spencer on this one, right? Just give everybody credit where credit is due. All right. All right. Daniel, I turn it back to you. Sure. Moving right along, we, we go to old business. So up first, um, we are reviewing and approving uh, the uh, uh, artwork by uh, Tyler Kimball, which is going to be um, installed on the new transit facility. So um, I, I think we'll have Tyler go over the proposal and maybe we'll take some, look at some comments and, and go from there. 
Hi, everybody. Uh, hey, Tyler. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's good to see you guys working over everything. It's uh, it's enlightening for sure. So, um, and I want to, uh, you know, uh, thank anybody who I haven't already thanked um, for uh, recommending my proposal um, and for the for the approval here. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled um, to be talking with you guys now. So, um, and hopeful things are gonna, you know, start. Moving along, I really am excited to make this uh, this work. So, um, yeah, um, the the idea is that uh, these multiple locations uh, in the transit facility kind of all connect uh, the pieces together. Um, it's actually uh, called making connections, uh, which has this very transit feel. Which uh, you know, it, it's got these locations with these kind of. Uh, um, roads to those locations it's it's a it's a very transit uh feel so uh, but it's also right now got um some and this rendering doesn't do it justice that each one of those discs will have patterns on them that um, will draw people in and the detail on them will uh, just blow people away uh, this uh, corner of the building being um, kind of highlighted by the drive-by traffic and everything um, i think it'll really uh, make a big impact uh with people seeing that there's a lot, lot going on here um, at the at this uh, transit facility, um, and this is all uh, blown glass. Um, I'll be uh, blowing all the glass and then turning it into panels that then will get retrofitted within the commercial uh, framing. Um, it's a really nice process where. Uh, there's no um, code restrictions or any wind load uh, concerns because everything is just right on the inside of the commercial uh, windows. So um, the all of the codes are kind of held by that commercial install uh, installation of the of the glass and uh, aluminum frames. Um, and um, yeah, so this is kind of the the stained glass portion. Uh, it's got these. Red and blue discs, uh, giving a nice nod to the uh, to KU um, KU's colors, and uh, also the, the all these little roads going from uh, each disc uh, to another um, will be have a lot more uh, coloration than uh, is seen in this as well. So um, it'll really pop, and that kind of muted white uh, that's um, an alabaster, a really kind of translucent white will make those colors really stand out. Tyler, I might just um, add this. This is is Tyler's concept proposal. So these are not the final colors. Um, and I know that people have provided feedback about expanding the color palette a little bit. Certainly a nod to KU is appropriate, but recognizing other colors that are re representative of our town. I'm, I'm absolutely all about that. Um, nobody knows the community better than the community itself. And so uh, being able to use the colors to represent everybody and give everybody's voice a nice loud um, projection through those colors, um, I'm, I'm all about doing that. So please tell me what colors to use. There's no, there's no wrong color in glass too. Everything just looks amazing. So, um, you know, uh, the more color, the better and the more representation, the better too. 
And I will also add that um, the architect of this facility has been involved, was on the artist selection panel. And so what you're seeing is how this will look in a rendering from inside. Um, but the architect is also aware that if this is lit from inside, then at night, this northeast, northwest corner of the building actually becomes a color field unto itself. So it actually becomes a pretty significant accent on the outside of the building at nighttime, um, which I just think is a, a really great, you know, benefit of a, a piece of art like this, especially in this context where it really is a day and night type um, artwork. Yeah, absolutely. A two-part piece, uh, one part from within and one part from without as it glows into the evening. Um, the chandelier, uh, you can kind of see the the connection here, we've got these discs with lines uh, uh, going to them. Um, those uh, kind of squat spheres or discs are going to uh, be lit, as well as the the lines that are connecting to those uh, to those discs. Um, a nice uh, kind of statement uh, walking in, feeling that same uh, that same feel of the window outside when you're walking through. Um, it, all, it all connects well. Um, and yeah, nice chandelier really gives a, you know, that kind of uh, luxury feel, I guess. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna go um, here. I'll go here first and then go back to the install. Okay. Um, so these are the, uh, the towers outside. They stand about nine foot tall. Um, the, uh, the columns are seven foot uh, and the, uh, 18 inch spheres or 18 inch um, and they are lit from within uh, it's multiple pieces of glass that are compressed down to create one one piece um, and they stand atop that uh, that canopy um, and the this light is not emitting out it's more emitting onto the glass itself to really give that colorful glass this nice glow this warmth and uh, comforting glow. Uh, so knowing that you're uh, approaching the, the facility, um, you know, that's you're just, you've made it kind of a, a feel. Um, and uh, yeah, same thing with the colors on this where um, I've, I've put these colors in, but if there's a strong suggestion from the community of what colors to use, I'm all about it. I want, I want the community to uh, feel uh, a closeness to this uh, piece. So yeah, and here they are on the um, in these sections on the uh, canopy here, uh, kind of spanning that whole that whole canopy. Great, thank you, Tyler uh, Porter. Uh, if you could please advise how we should move forward with the the written comments that were submitted. I guess we, we've all we've all seen those. Should we? Um, uh, just discuss them, take a moment. I, I think um, let's first do um, written comment. I'm sorry, public comment. And um, and then because you've read those, I don't think, I think much of that will be discussed in public comment. If not, we can go in and, and reference those as needed, but they are there for you to read. And obviously the public is able to read those as well. So um, let me, um, I would say, go ahead and call for public comment. Great. At this time, I will go ahead and call for public comment. A uh, reminder that uh, each person will be limited to three minutes for public comment on any one topic. So if anybody would like to speak up, now is the time. 
Okay, I'm gonna speak up. <laughs> this is Rebecca Schlichting here. Um, how much how much art do we have with Haskell colors? Because we see KU all over the place, but we don't see Haskell that beautiful royal purple and yellow or gold, right? So I'm just gonna throw that out there. That's all. Um, Dean will be Smith here. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and just uh, throw it out that um, you know, public comment is, is normally for, for members of, of the public, um, but it doesn't seem like we have anybody. There's nobody there in person that we, we were overlooking, Porter, right? Nobody's here in person. I'm wondering, here we go. Patricia's here and I think JT wanted to say something as well. So if you okay. could raise your hand or just um, turn on your video, that'd be great. So, yes. so I, I will say quickly, we, Rebecca, we will come back to your point after um, members of the, the public speak. So uh, Patricia. I have to get my, I have to go to my, okay. uh, I, I can't start talking until I switch on my screen and pull up my, email that I type those things in and I can't possibly do those in three minutes unless they were distributed. Were they distributed? Yes. My lengthy ones, my detailed ones? Um, I, only the ones I received this afternoon because I've been busy with other meetings. I received a short one for me before noon and it was not posted and I never got a response from you. Patricia, it was posted. It's on the agenda. It may have been posted at the very end of the day. When was it posted? I'm sorry, but I went to a lot of trouble and I'm sitting through a whole meeting for this. And I don't think it's appropriate. I feel like I'm being discriminated against. Why don't you go ahead and, and share what you want to share with the, the commission? I'm just trying to clarify what has been distributed of mine that was sent as written comments. The first were sent before noon today, and that was a, a very brief one. And then I wrote more detailed comments, and I sent them to you, and I presented this as a dilemma to the chair. I had no response. I had no, no indication at all of what to expect to us sitting through the whole meeting, not sure how, how it will proceed. I think giving me only three minutes at this point is really a penalty. I could elaborate. I would request permission to read my entire written detailed comments and that would be it. Since I wrote, hello, hello. Yes, we can hear you, Patricia. Do, do you have anything else you'd like to add? We 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 do have written comment that you submitted. No. Okay. How do I have to say this more clearly? I had a very I had a misunderstanding about when the comments were due. I submitted a very brief because I had no time at all to do them once I realized my mistake. And I submitted those before noon today and they were not posted. When he got around to post them, I don't know. I thought it might've been that you spoke to Porter. Uh, Patricia, they were posted early this afternoon and they're right here and I'll actually show them on the screen. Um, 
that you didn't even give me the courtesy of responding back to me. I had to write to you and ask you, where were my comments at like about 1.38 this afternoon after I submitted them before noon. I realized they weren't posted at about, I think it was 1.38 or something like that. Patricia, I sent them immediately to the Art Commission's members. So they have all seen these um, within minutes, literally, of when you sent them to me. And then they were posted on the agenda. And I'm now showing them on screen so that everybody in this meeting can see them. If you want to speak to these, I don't, I didn't know you sent me another email because, as I said, I've been involved in other meetings um, afternoon. That's why we have a deadline. deadline. I, I missed the deadline. I, I know, and I posted what you sent me before before the deadline. So I, I don't know what, I can't tell you anything different. Um, it, you have now three minutes to share your, your um, um, share that comments. Possibly, and I sat through this entire meeting. I wrote to you on April 25th to ask for background materials so that I could make informed comments. And I didn't get any response from you. And finally, on I think May 5th, I cornered you because you wouldn't respond. And I, I cornered you by calling your, the number that gave me a, 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 a FaceTime and you answered that. So it would have been appropriate at that time. You could have just sent to me, comments are due, your comments are due at uh, by noon on the 11th and here's the link to where you send them to. That would have helped a lot. I can't uh, possibly condense my lengthy, they're not lengthy, maybe there's 10 little paragraphs and it's all written out carefully. And I requested when I sent that to the chair, Mr. Smith. Yeah, DLB Smith here. So in the interest of time, like we've we've seen these these um, this comment and I wanna ask Porter, should we take a minute and let Tyler uh, or, or um, the uh, other commission members. Nobody is listening to what I'm asking for. I'm very simply asking that I can read my then refined comments that I made because at one point Porter said he would share the comments with the committee, the commission, but then I never heard back from Porter. So I'm doing the best I can to be represented here for the amount of energy I put into this and for the total lack of response, response, almost total lack of response from Porter. Even now, he's still talking about receiving them before afternoon. And that's not true. And, and you know, I, I, Patricia, I, I really appreciate the, the comments that you sent in and we've all taken a chance to look at them, but um, in the interest- Those are not the comments which I am referencing, sir. In, in the interest please? of respecting everybody's time, we can only give you three minutes. We have other people who are also here who've also been waiting. So how, we're going to need How is this fair? How is it fair that I have to go through all of this and never get my comments out? How is it fair? I mean, to, to be fair, Patricia, you've had the past three minutes to express whatever you'd like to express about, about the artwork in question. Um, I personally think that the, the comments that we did receive raise some interesting questions, and I, I think that's something we can discuss. But in interesting time, I'm making agreements to the city about this. This is not an inclusive diversity. This is not responsive to any of the things that were just laid out. Any of the strategic plan issues that there are a number of them that this is not conformed to. This is a very awkward situation. It's as bad as going to a city commission meeting. 
which I don't do anymore. And I, I'm asking you again to not say about the, the little comments. I've had all afternoon to worry about this and find out no response from anybody about them. Okay. I'm not making an unusual request. You have a three minute deadline, but I had other things that should have been met for me. Like I should have had a responsive from Porter from April 25th. I'm, I'm sorry if, if you're feeling that way, Patricia, but at this time, we're going to have to move on to. Oh, I will just go. If you will just hold on a minute, I will just go get my open that email and re, try and find three minutes worth of what I want to say. Porter, is, there, is there anybody else here who is here for public comment? I will just have to do that. Just a minute. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Patricia. We're not going to be able to give you any more time. Um, is there anybody else who's here for public comment? Uh, JT, you texted, I didn't, or chatted, I don't know, is he, do you want to make public comment on this? Uh, we're not accepting chat as comment because it can't be seen publicly. So if you'd like to speak to this, um, you may. Okay. So uh, uh, Porter, should we take time to, to go over the, the written comments that were submitted or, or have a moment where people can, can discuss? Uh, that's at your um, your discretion. Sure. Well, I will go ahead and say um, my part, Daniel B. Smith, that I've looked over some of the written comments, um, and Rebecca also commented about the color colors that are present in in Tyler's piece. Um, that was something that was raised in a written comment, and that was as as the member of this body that was a part of that the process working to uh, select the artists and the proposal. Um, the colors that are used in the, the the piece were something that was discussed quite a bit, um, and we're all very we're all very uh, you know interested in seeing colors other than that KU red and blue represented. So I think Rebecca, your comment about including some Haskell colors, and we also got a written comment about including Haskell colors is definitely something that Tyler can keep in mind as he moves forward. Um, does anybody else have any uh, comments about the submitted? Yes, I do. Denise Stone, I did read all the comments, including Susan, um, Patricia Sinclair's comments about concerns for birds and also the waste of lighting in the building. And so, you know, I think it's something we should definitely look at. And, and I received those comments early this afternoon, so and I was able to go through them. Uh, Tyler, one thing I would say um, is that Suzanne Hampton also sent in some uh, comments and she did mention um, concern about the placement of the um, rondelles across the um, mullions. I don't know if you wanted to speak to that. I think that's very intentional on your part. She, she was asking about whether that's the best way to go or not. Uh, 
I, I mean, it's actually easier to uh, on me to keep them full inside of the framing. So if it's a desired look, it's a, an easier task um, for me to do. Uh, it's um, it is. Uh, done to basically make the frames disappear. It's it's like the frames are just there, but that design is um, all encompassing. Um, so it's not just within the, the um, those commercial frames. It's um, it's living and existing without uh, without frames and the frames just happen to be there. But I'm, I'm fine with uh, moving the rondelles uh, into those frames so that they don't get cut up by that. Um, and also, um, speaking of the other, uh, the other, I'm all about royal purple and glass um, and gold, and um, adding adding more colors to uh, to bring in the the full of the community. Um, and the lighting, uh, as far as energy, I uh, plan to in the towers where I would be supplying the uh, the lights, uh, they would be LED, um, so that uh, the energy you would be low. Um, I think timers would be great to have so that uh, they only are used uh, when um, when needed. And um, yeah, with LEDs these days, the energy amounts that go into those light uh, into the into lighting areas is uh, you know in, uh, per, like percentages like um, such such small amounts of energy um, and. The, the light that's emitted is not a direct light, so any sort of uh, concern of disorienting um, any sort of wildlife, uh, it's not like a car light where it's got this direct light happening. It's just a um, kind of a warm glow. Um, so um, I'd be hopeful that, uh, that um, there wouldn't be any disorienting of, of disorientation of, of wildlife. Um, and I think that it would be a, a subtle uh, light that would be pleasing. Um, that would be the, the the goal on all of those. Uh, same thing with the the inner light on those windows itself, because it's got that translucent ness uh, uh, um, with the color and that translucent white. It's not going to shine through the the lights and into the environment. It just glows the glass, so that you've got a different kind of light. So that's uh, that's some of the as I'm hearing these these comments, that's that's what I'm I'm looking at. But um, you know, I am I'm all about with uh, working with with whatever uh, is going to work for the space. So as as we figure out what's going to work best, I'm I'm all about uh, tweaking the designs and the process to to make sure that um, everybody's going to be happy with this. Thank you, Tyler. All right. Um, if anybody else has any any comments they would like to make, um, now would be the time. If not, I would request a motion to approve. I move to approve, Mary. All right, great. Thanks, Mary. Can I get a, a second? Tim, second. Thank you, Tim. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the roll call, um, starting with Marlo. I approve. And Denise? I approve. And then Mary? I approve. And then I think Peter? it's delightful. <laughs> I approve. Thank you. I agree. Delightful. Marciana? I need to abstain. Uh, Rebecca? Yes, I approve. Jill? Approve. And finally, Tim? Approve. Great. And I will approve as well. 
Um, thank you all. And thank you, Tyler, for hanging with us through this process. I realize sure. we're a little bit delayed, um, but it's, it's been a delight. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Uh, I look forward to uh, when we can all stand back and take a look at this uh, later on. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Tyler. Right. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. All right, up next on the agenda, we're a little bit behind schedule, but up next we have, um, looks like, uh, Porter, are you going to fill in for Alicia and do an arts culture crossing update? Yes, I am. Alicia unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, but she did send me an email, which I did also pass on to all of you just for your awareness. Um, she's outlining where she is in her process, um, and I'm probably going to butcher names and I apologize, but... Um, this, this is the schedule in chronological order with the main cumulative event happening on June 24th, final Friday. Um, help me out. Callie, do you know? Do you know? I think it's Callie. She's doing mobile art supplies. Um, she is going to participate in the May 27th, final Friday with the Art to Go block party at the Lawrence Art Center from 5 to 8. And then um, also in Saturday, June 18th from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then final Fridays on June 24th at 9th in Mass from 5 to 8 or 9 p.m. Dan Bourne is um, doing an event called Bang. Um, which I believe is a um, theater performance. This is going to happen on Thursday, June 23rd at 123rd West. I don't know exactly what that is, but um, West 8th Street, I guess, at 7 p.m. And then final Friday on June 24th on the library lawn, two performances, one at 5 and one at 7 p.m. And then um, also it's Saturday, June 25th at the Raven Bookstore at 8 p.m. And um, in addition, Sunday, June 26th, Cider Gallery Lawn at 5 p.m. Uh, and the performer is C.S. Luxum. And then Falia, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Falia Fani, um, the title of her work is We'll Have a Gay Old Time, Marrying Drag and Music in Lawrence, Kansas. June final Fridays from 5 to 8 p.m. Drag performances at 5 and 6 p.m. Art exhibition will be up all June and July, I believe at the Visitor Center um, with Explore Lawrence. And then a drag performance happening June final Friday around 5.30 p.m. inside the Visitor Center. And last but not least is Jeremy Osborne. He's working with his partner, Misty Osborne. Um, the title is Curated Kansas. This is the um, the video presentation that will be projected, hopefully, from within in the building onto the um, windows. <clears throat> excuse me, outside. Um, in process of securing location, um, Alicia and I were just talking about the challenges um, in trying to find a um, an opportunity that works with everybody that we can do that. So we're still working out um, how we can do that and um, working on a press release. It's in the works and should be out by early June. And Explore Lawrence is still working on a landing page for the website, and that's all she has for now. <clears throat> so it's getting excited. It's actually, she's formalizing this stuff. I will say that Alicia, I've met with her a couple of times now, and um, 
we, we, we hired the right person. <laughs> um, she's tenacious in the sweetest way. <laughs> um, and she's working with all sorts of people and she is figuring this out and she's doing a great job. And I'm happy to answer any questions, but I don't know if I have any more information that I can really add beyond that. Well, hearing no comments, I will I will uh, mirror your statements and say that I think this is going really well. I'm really excited um, and looking forward to it. Um, but if there's no need for discussion, we can we can keep moving along and get to the committee update section of the agenda, um, where we can uh, potentially um, fill the, the the whole group in on any um, new uh, movement going on with our, our committees. So I'm not sure how much we're actually going to want to discuss this, but um, up first we have the NEA ARP, the, the grant um, committee. I don't know, does anybody who's part of that, myself included, but does anybody uh, have anything they'd like to discuss with the larger group? I do. <laughs> okay, great. So the committee met, got some great feedback. Um, I have been working with our finance department and learning a lot about how we need to get this built into the city system, which is easier said than done, but we're working on that. Um, we did reach out to the NEA and ask for a six month extension, um, knowing that we are getting sort of pinched here a little bit and they granted said extensions. So we have a little more time. Um, the first step in this process as a reminder will be to do it when we're ready to go press release and as part of that press release the first step we're going to do is ask the community um, for letters of interest for eligible nonprofit organizations so we can get a better sense of who actually intends to apply for this grant and then we can decide if we need to put a ceiling on the grant level according to the $150,000 budgeted. So that will be happening as soon as I get everything locked in through the city side um, as far as setting up the grant in our system. Um, so we're ready, to, we're actually ready to go and we'll move forward and we have the um, information we need once we get that information to make some decisions and then set up the whole application process. It is very um, in-depth and we are really beholden to not just the NEA but also ARPA, um, making sure that everybody provides the right documentation um, and proof as Richard mentioned to us a couple of uh, meetings ago. So we're getting there getting there but we have extra time too so a little pressure off of us what is that six month extension like what's the end date for i think it was i i think it went through june of 2024 okay. honestly my hope is we don't need that much time my hope is that once we get going and once we get feedback from whoever is intending to apply and we determine eligibility my hope is that most of those organizations will be able to say we can we can just um, take this amount of time and, and get to the threshold pretty quickly. Um, it's the smaller arts groups that may need more time to say we need to map out, you know, this section of time to do that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, well, it'll be interesting, but I think it would be really helpful. I really appreciate Denise gets huge credit. She gave a, created a great list of all the nonprofits, um, which will be very helpful. And again, we just have to, um, make sure that they fill out the letter of interest will actually be a form that they'll fill out with check boxes because the eligibility is so specific um, so we make sure that we understand exactly who is truly eligible and whether or not they intend to apply so we're getting there it's all been good work and a team effort and i really appreciate that 
you have any idea when that's going to start? Uh, I would say, if not the end of this month, early next month. That's my goal. I actually have the press release written. We have the documents all set up. We've been doing a ton of work behind the scenes getting the website set up. So a lot has been done. We just haven't published publicized it yet. So um, soon. I want to get it rolling. <laughs> Great. Thank, you. thank you, Porter. Um, glad to hear that there is motion on that. And thank you for reminding me of things that we talked about. It was like a week ago. I feel like it was forever ago. Um, if there's no other comments on the on the grant process, grant uh, subcommittee, um, I, I believe you'll also be updating us on some public art news. Yeah, just wanted to let you know that if you happen to be out by the police headquarters, you will see them pouring concrete. Um, so that is in process. It got delayed by about three weeks, um, in part because of the weather. The rain was problematic. But they actually poured the outer circle today, and they're going to pour the inner circle tomorrow. And then the artist is looking at coming early June-ish um, to do the installation on that. So that is actually happening um, so more information to come on that. And we'll also be determining uh, some kind of opening reception after the installation. So the artists, I believe, will come back and we'll do some, something nice out there to, to um, christen, so to speak, the new artwork. And I will share, um, I, re I just got some images today from the artists and I'll share a few images with you guys by email so you can see that too. It's exciting. This sphere is really much more um, astronomical than I expected. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Porter. If there's no other comments in this section, we can move along to my favorite section, which is miscellany. So if you have any miscellaneous... Oh, go ahead, Marla. Sorry, can I interject one thing? I just had a question about the community arts grants. If those were on the forecast or if we had a general timeline, we might be able to reopen them. Let me check back in. We're hearing good, actually really good news about TGT. Um, yeah, so bear with me a little longer and then let me, um, part of it is I was hoping that we could actually do a combined effort on the grants, but yeah. The NEA is so unusual that I have to do that completely separately. So part of this is just staff capacity, to be honest with you. Um, so let me, I mean, in addition to the TGT funding. So I'm still working on it and plan to get it out ASAP as well. Hopefully shortly after the NEA process, we can start that one. All right, so if there's no other comments, we will, as I said, move on to miscellany. Um, so I believe we have at least one thing under miscellany on our on our agenda. Correct me if I'm wrong, Porter. Um, I don't know that we have anything. Okay. Um, let's see, I, I have, let me see, am I looking at the right thing? I have that uh, Rebecca has a... Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Um, you do have that. I didn't have that on this document. Rebecca, please, I'm so sorry. It is on the agenda. Um, she just wanted to give an update on a um, conference that she intended. Yeah, sorry. I uh, was trying to click through and find the agenda to make sure I was in the miscellaneous area. I remember I saw my name on there somewhere. Um, yeah, my tribe has an arts and cultural committee where 
playing with the name. We're just forming right now. Um, so I'm on that. We're, I'm an Iowa tribe of Kansas and Nebraska located in White Cloud, um, just to give you that background. But they sent us to the Community Built Association Conference a couple few weeks ago now in Omaha. Um, and it was pretty great. It was mostly about community organization, but it was focused around the arts. And so it was really cool. And um, I attended some uh, great sessions, one of which um, I thought would be really just, well, I mean, you know, my service on this commission has been pretty limited so far, um, but just in this short amount of time, something that I picked on that picked up on there that might be helpful here is uh, thinking about how much we're paying artists or not necessarily that we are paying artists, but if we're going to approve something, you know, to have in mind, are these artists being treated fairly? I, can, I went on to this um, uh, panel and it was a muralist panel and that was the number one issue that took up most of the time actually was talking about um, how people will say, you know, I want to do this mural here in a couple of weeks and I'll pay you X amount. Um, and, you know, like Mary said earlier, <laughs> oftentimes, you know, the money that we get is just a drop in the bucket for um, artists, right? But something to keep in mind and, um, you know, being a community um, art organization commission, I think um, advocating for you know, artists is a big part of that. Um, and I don't know what that looks like in this group because I'm very new, but um, I just want to put that out there and keep it in mind. And also uh, some of the people that went uh, to that conference are now set up outside of the uh, Lincoln uh, there's in Lincoln, Nebraska, they have this place called the Fish Farm. It's ceremonial grounds. They have different ceremonies there and uh, they're now developing in that area. And so it's a, they're setting up a peaceful prayer camp to make sure that um, those lands get protected or at least the area around where the ceremonies happened uh, are happening. Uh, gets protected because a lot of people, you know, one of my friends works for the mayor who voted against this, uh, voted against saving the lands. And uh, he said, you know, I've been running there for 13 years and I've never seen a sweat lodge there or anything. But I mean, it's hidden in the tree line because we've had to hide for a long time. We've had to have our ceremonies hidden. Um, and the reason why that I'm telling you about this is because there was no one on those commissions uh, when they were doing this community planning that was indigenous or involved in those ceremonial areas. And so it was overlooked and it got to the point where now it's too late to kind of reconsider where it's going to be planned and, and um, developed and everything. And so it's really unfortunate, but um, I just wanna say that too, so that maybe we can keep in mind, you know, communities that might not have much of a voice earlier. We were talking about, you know, 70 something percent of people in this community feel good about parks and recs. And that's great, but native communities are very, very small percent. And so, you know, how much of the parks and recs has already infringed on ceremonial lands or how much of the city infrastructure infringed on ceremonial lands um, or sacred lands for that matter. Um, but something that I hope to really bring to this uh, commission and something that I just want to leave some food for thought for y'all, but thank you. Thank great. you, Rebecca. That's really great. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I certainly appreciate the, the sentiments. And to be clear, even if you're not on the agenda during the miscellany, you're, you're always welcome to, to share whatever, whatever's on your mind. Um, 
I don't know if anybody has a, anything they'd like to add in, in response to Rebecca or or um, or independent of, uh, of their statement. I'm just glad Rebecca's here to give that voice to the table. Agreed. Yes. I'm really happy that you gave that, um, gave us all of that to think about. Thank you. This is Dina Amant. Um, so Rebecca's comments made me wonder about um, the data that's being collected. Um, uh, if, if there's disaggregated data to determine whether certain groups feel um, more comfortable using the parks and rec facilities than other groups. I wonder if that data is disaggregated or not, or that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, you're actually asking the right people. So I, I'm the one that administrated the um, the community survey and so um, and worked with Roger and others. So yes, um, we actually as part of the ETC survey, ETC is the company that we work with, we are oversampling um, different groups specifically focused with BIPOC and, and others so that we can actually disaggregate that information because of course we're predominantly white. Um, so you have to separate that information to be able to get that data, but we are planning to do that and we actually paid extra for that service. Um, and they're going to do some extra work to make sure. And we worked with our um, GIS mapping folks to be able because we don't have like addresses of certain people, but we can say that we know that there are pockets of populations in these places that they can target because the whole survey process is actually statistically viable. So they are literally mailing the survey to specific homes to make sure that we cover up a, you know the whole range and spectrum of our city um statist in a statistical manner so i do remember that. so that's a really good question and uh, i hope a really good answer i'm really pleased that we're able to do that and excited to see how that plays out and gives us a lot more data and actually what rebecca is talking about is so timely because of in juju wahao bay um, the the stone going back to its rightful place and ownership, um, which is exciting. And I know we're also talking about land acknowledgements and those types of things. So you're you know this is these are really important and good conversations. All right, fantastic. So is the, is it does anybody else have any miscellaneous they'd like to speak to? Hearing none, I will go ahead and say what I usually say, which is just thank you to all of you. Thank you to Porter and the staff. Uh, thank you to um, all of you for, for volunteering your time to be here. Thank you to the folks who sent in or showed up to make public comment, super valuable to us. And uh, it is 9, 11 o'clock and I will go ahead and ask to see if, if we can get a motion to adjourn. This is Tim, so moved. Thank you, Tim. Can I get a second? This is Denise. I second. All right, fantastic. And there's no roll call in German. Is that right, Porter? I can never remember I, that. I, unless somebody wants to vote in opposition, I think we're good to go. All right, great. Our next meeting will be June 8th. It was nice seeing y'all. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye.